0: hello and welcome back to the lightning star podcast i am your host star sheree and this is part two of the mindful halloween practices sorry about the background noise my apartment i guess they're doing their weekly lawn maintenance and they're blowing leaves right now so sorry for the background noise i just really want to get this done while i still have some time before i have to go to work later And I realized last week I forgot to mention that in spirit of inclusion to also remember that some people, for whatever reason, don't celebrate Halloween. Maybe it wasn't part of their culture or maybe, you know, they were raised a different way to believe it meant certain things. So don't take it personally if they don't want to be included in your Halloween celebrations or anything and always offer. But if they don't want to, don't take it personally. Or if you know that they would be opposed to it, then that's probably a time when you just avoid offering. Offering them an invite if you know that they could be offended by it. Anyhow, this week's episode is about the trick or treating aspect of Halloween. Um, We're going to do both from the people passing out the candies perspective and then the trick or treaters side of it. So, the concept of trick or treating traditionally is pretty simple the kids go up to the house, they knock on the door, say trick or treat, and then adults. Gush about how cute their costumes are and then give them some candy, and then the kids say thank you and they're off on their way to the next house. Well, over the years, there has been more awareness about people with special needs who may not be able to do all of these things, and sometimes, you know, people who are a little bit more old school may be sticklers for they have to be a certain age, they have to wear costume they have to be able to say trick or treat and thank you and you know there are lots of reasons why certain children may not be able to do this and it's been causing a lot of debate in a lot of halloween groups that i follow you know there are some people that are still like well i still think it's you know just good manners and they don't understand there's a difference between manners and not being able to do these things There's been a lot of talk in the last few years about inclusivity for children with special needs. I'm not really sure why it's even considered a debate because who would deny a child with extra challenges the chance to have a happy and safe Halloween. But there are some old habits that die hard and in Halloween fun we forget that not everyone has the same abilities. Children with nonverbal autism, children who are deaf, and children who are mute due to past traumas or social anxiety may not be able to say trick or treat or thank you or Whatever else the people handing out the candy may expect of them. Some people who pass out candy have their own hard rule that these kids must be able to say trick or treat to get their candy or assume the child is being rude if they don't say it or if they forget to say thank you afterwards. Some parents feel it is necessary to have their child wear a sign or write on their trick or treat bag to announce that the child can't talk. Others feel it is an invasion of the child's privacy announcing that they have some sort of condition that makes them different from other. children or that it can make them a target for bullies and others just believe that there should really be no need for it because it's halloween you know we're there to have fun and some kids you know get excited and they forget to say trick-or-treat or thank you because they're just so excited about everything that's going on at the moment and they're still children and they're still learning how things work as much as many of us love our traditions there's always room for understanding and customization if you are one of those who believes that saying trick-or-treat is a requirement to release the candy keep in mind if you or your child were in that child's shoes and just wanted to have a good time without being forced to perform on cue beyond your capabilities Another problem um, when it comes to children trick-or-treating with different abilities is that a lot of them may not be able to wear a costume, you know, especially certain conditions like autism. They may have a thing where they don't like certain fabrics touching them or they don't like being covered a certain way. And, you know, they might just have a regular shirt that just says trick-or-treat or something. And some people are sticklers for that as well, where they're like, no costume, no candy. But keep in mind, you know, it doesn't mean that they're trying to, you know, just get candy for the sake of. Candy and don't want to participate. They are trying to participate. They just are not able to participate at the same level as other children because they aren't able to wear those certain fabrics comfortably. There, a lot of costumes are made with like this cheap fabric that can be itchy for certain skin types. Even if the child isn't special needs particularly, but has like eczema or has very sensitive skin, they might not be able to wear these comfortably for hours on end while trick or treating. Their families may also not be able to afford a nicer costume and they may only be able to get like a cheap costume that you know some people might think doesn't look like it put much effort into it but you do what you gotta do to get by and no child should be denied the opportunity to participate because they couldn't afford a better costume or because they couldn't afford any costume at all Another topic that's been coming up a lot lately is dietary restrictions. There are certain conditions on the rise that can get in the way of a child's ability to enjoy Halloween candy, allergies to certain foods like nuts, which is a common ingredient in candies, and one of the most uh, common allergies, and other chronic conditions such as juvenile diabetes that can limit a child's ability to enjoy trick-or-treating either out of fear of what they eat can harm them or that they won't be able to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Just like with the blue pumpkin bucket trend, there's also been a growth of the teal pumpkins which are left on the doorsteps of the people passing out the candy to let trick or treaters who may have these conditions know that they have treats for them that aren't meant to be eaten or that will be safe for them to eat. Unfortunately there may be some people who don't understand the significance behind it and might just put it out because they think it looks cute but hopefully most people who have it understand the significance of it and are true to their word that they do have non-edible treats for children with such conditions. If this is something you'd like to consider, um, there are lots of options that you can use that aren't food as treats for trick-or-treaters, such as small toys, trinkets, Halloween-based comic books. People like to hand out toothbrushes and dental floss, and honestly that's just a good way to get your house egged or TP'd. Probably not TP'd anymore because of current conditions, but I do suggest keeping it more on the fun side rather than practical because it's their holiday too. They don't want to be reminded, of cavities and stuff they just want to have fun just like everyone else next topic for candy givers is age discrimination another old-fashioned stance on halloween that's a bummer for many is when an adult tells you aren't you a little old for trick-or-treating for one thing some children are naturally tall for their age And some people can also alter their costumes to make them appear taller, or makeup can even make them appear older. Heavier set children also tend to mature faster and can look older than they really are. And a child who is already taller than the other kids in their class could already feel like an outcast. Shaming them for their height is just another form of bullying. Thing to consider is that chronological age and mental age don't always coincide together. You know, some people can physically be in their 30s and mentally be closer to that of a small child or a teenager. Some special needs adults may not have the same concept of aging or growing out of traditions as the mainstream believes. To be honest, they are probably mentally and emotionally better off than most cynical adults on the other side of the aspect. There's also a chance that an older teen or adult could be homeless and use trick-or-treating as a way to get something to eat in desperate times. The point of buying the candy is to give it to others. I always considered Halloween to be one of the giving holidays, so why be stingy with who can get the candy and who can't get it? It's just candy. Also, keep in mind, wouldn't you prefer teenagers be out doing something wholesome and innocent like trick-or-treating rather than vandalizing people's properties? I personally would rather not take the chance of teens vandalizing my home over something as insignificant as candy. Some states, counties, or cities may have laws that limit trick-or-treating to a certain age group. Uh, Make sure to look at your local laws if you aren't sure if that applies to you, but elsewhere consider giving the older kids a break. Overall, when it comes to trick-or-treating, the main goal should be for the trick-or-treaters to have fun and enjoy their treats. Is making sure you hear trick-or-treat from a child under the age of 13 that fits your ideal expectation of trick-or-treater demographic worth all the stress and extra work and potentially traumatizing and ruining a holiday for a child who doesn't fit your mold? With that being said, we also understand the safety aspect of it. Now, For the sake of playing devil's advocate, I do believe in duality and can see certain cases where older teens and adults trick-or-treating without children present could be a red flag. When someone comes to your front door, there's always a risk of them trying to push their way through to harm you or trying to get a glimpse of what's in your home to see if you may have expensive home decor or electronics to see if it's worth breaking into later. There's also always the risk that they could try to rob you the moment you open the door If you live in a high crime area or even in a more upscale neighborhood that could be seen as a target, it's probably a good idea to make sure your house is well secured throughout the year, particularly during the holiday seasons. I do plan to eventually write an article and maybe do a podcast episode about holidays and safety. It's pretty much what I have for now as far as the candy givers go. And then this part is for the chaperones of trick-or-treaters and how to prepare trick-or-treaters for Halloween. The thing about kids is that they are unpredictable. You never know how they are going to react to any situation. Some people might be reluctant to pass out sugary treats or foods with allergens like nuts and offer fewer food options and more teal treats such as small toys, toothbrushes, glow sticks, etc. Some family or child-based businesses may also use trick-or-treaters to promote their business through coupons and flyers mixed with the treats. Children may see a treat that they don't like and they try to pick it up and give it back to the person passing it out in hopes that they will get a better treat instead. Not only could this be considered rude and potentially hurt the feelings of the well-meaning treat givers, but if your goal is to raise children who understand gratitude, it's probably a good rule of thumb to have them practice being grateful for everything they receive, especially in preparation for other giving holidays like Christmas or Hanukkah, where they might receive gifts from relatives that they didn't ask for or may not like. It's always a good idea for young children in general to practice and rehearse before activities begin, have them practice at home or at a friend's house, letting them know the rules beforehand is less stressful during the activity. For younger children, I suggest keeping rules and guidelines to four rules or less so that it's easier for them to remember. Reminding the kids before that they will get a variety of things and may not always get the type of treat that they wanted, but to be thankful for anything they do get and that it doesn't matter what treats they do get because that doesn't mean they have to eat it. They can always exchange it for something else with their friends or they can donate it to someone in need. Every so often younger children will need those reminders again before they become an issue but remember that helicoptering over them all night isn't fun for either you or the child. Just as you would hope that the people handing out the candy are respectful to your children, remind your children that it's important that they are as respectful as possible to the people handing out the candy. And to be careful not to walk on their lawns if there is a clear path and trying to not make any rude comments if it can be avoided. Seniors handing out candy may not be able to recognize their costume, so let them know not to take any offense of it. They just may not be familiar with the newer cartoon characters that lots of kids are into these days. For smaller children in particular, they may not understand the concept of just going to someone's door just to knock and get something real quick and then leave. A few years ago, I went with my cousin to take her son trick-or-treating and he started crying. I was all the way back at the fence. I didn't know what that was about and I heard some people making comments. comments thinking like, oh, well, he's just a little kid. He's scared. They really shouldn't take him trick-or-treating if he can't handle it and all that. Well, it turns out when they got back to the fence, um, he wasn't scared of anything. It turns out that they were having a Halloween party inside and he wanted to go in and have fun with them. So it is important to practice with younger children and remind them that, you know what, there might be parties going on in there, but that's for them and their friends. We don't know them. We're just here to trick-or-treat and then be on our way and let them know if you do have a party or an event coming up that you will be attending as well on that note i think i'll wrap it up around here probably still have about one or two more halloween based episodes i have planned so you can follow my podcast on any format that you are listening through and you can also follow me on enlighteningstar.com and i hope you have a wonderfully frightful october